Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me this week, is my co-host right. and cohort, Victor Adams. Yeah, thanks for filling in with me. I appreciate Deacon. Talking that's to good. Deacon Jeff over that's there. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, where were you last weekend? I Chicago. Remember. Chicago, that's right. Yeah. At the, at the, at the uh, had tickets, Cubs game. Yeah, tickets to the Cubs. And, you know, I picked Colorado because I figured we'd win that game, right? Yeah. No, we didn't win that game. <laughs> I've so. been to Wrigley. It was, I think, in the ninth grade we took a class trip up there. Both yeah. of my – both coaches uh, at our school at Great St. Luke's where I went – uh, we're from Chicago. One was from the north side and the south side, I think is what it yeah. is up there. So North we, Cubs, south is, is White, White Sox. Sox yeah. yeah, so we went up there and we went to a Cubs game. And it was oddly enough, I think Nancy Kerrigan was sitting in front of us. Remember the skater that got oh, hit yeah, in the knee yeah. by Tan- yeah. Tanya Harding? It wasn't long after that. But uh, Ryan Sandberg and some of those guys were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andre Dawson. Yep. Mark Grace. Right, remember some of them, but it, I think they lost that day too. But <laughs> right, yeah. but it's a cool place to go see a game, though. It is, man. It's just um, the the cost in beverages have gone way up since. Oh, I'm dude, what is it to. not? I mean, you can't go anywhere without paying twelve dollars for like, a beer anymore. I wouldn't say eighteen dollars a beer. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> 16 for light beer, so yeah. <laughs> That's, right, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think I'll just be thirsty. Thank right, you. Yeah. For forever. Water? Oh, $10? I That's guess right. so. I didn't That's know right. it cost me $1,000 yeah. to watch you lose. But we had a great time, and Ella was really, she enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it was one of the, because Christy's, a, her dad was a Cubs fan, so she got to enjoy it as well. So we, yeah. We had a That's good awesome. It's all the pictures. Y'all had yeah. all of you with Cubs hats on it, right. so it was cool, man. It's, it's about making the memories. We were probably like row 30 right behind, you know, the home plate, so it was yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm glad you got to do that. You know, it is important, as we always talk about on here, to put family first and mm-hmm. to make time for that. And uh, you do a really good job of that, Victor. So I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, glad you got that time, but I'm also glad, as you said, Deacon Jeff yeah. was able to step in. He came around on this side of the camera, and we had an episode last week that was talking about amending your life and really amending, really amending it, not just going in and saying, I want to be better, but actually doing what it takes. So it was a great episode to do there. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about something else, uh, the choices that we make and how they matter. I'm going to get into that here in a minute. But first, I want to just tell everybody that, you know, right now we are still booking Pierce missions for 2023 and 2024. Um, man, we have just had tons of feedback, letters coming in left and right from places we've been sharing about the impact that we've had. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were in Wichita Falls. They've got over 30 guys meeting. They've got stuff scheduled out for months. We you know, I talked to Ivan that was up at uh, St. Anthony of Padua in uh, Las Vegas, and he sent a letter talking about the impact it's had there and how excited guys are and how it was just what they were looking for. And, guys, that's really what we want to do. You know, we want to go around the country and help put boots on the ground and help people start these groups. That's what's missing out there, right? Everybody's got programs. Everybody's got DVDs in a box, and those are all good things. They have their place, but they can't exist if we don't have the groups. And the problem is we don't have groups because – father's too busy to start one himself uh the men that want something are convicted of their shame and don't think they're the right guy to lead which by the way that's false and not true or i wouldn't be sitting here today uh the lord can do anything with anybody and the third thing is that the ones that do think they can do something they don't know what to do 
And so we help solve all of that. And then the thing is, it's cool, is we'll come and do a mission in person. All of it's in person. So we'll do a mission to the men and women of your parish. You know, we'll give three talks talking about identity, talking to, I'll share my story so that people can see it's, it's possible to change your life, that God can change your life if you allow it. And then we'll also spend time uh, as well going through the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you get all of that. You get the mission, you get the on-site training, and then the continual walking with that we do, Victor, uh, with people that have signed up. We answer questions. We stay contacted through email. We're actually changing our website around right now where we can upload all of these leader videos and give men that are leaders access to a community of other leaders so that you could share what you're doing and be in a cohort of your brothers that are doing the same thing. So if you're interested in that, if you want men's ministry in your life and in your parish, if you're looking for authentic friendships and relationships and guys to to walk towards being a better man with, then we can help you do that. All you got to do is go to justagotinthepew.com, go to the events and book me page, and in the middle of that page there is a section on starting men's groups. Click that, fill out the form, and then we will be in contact with you. We love to do this. This is the purpose of this ministry. We want to be like our patron saint, St. Paul, and go out boots on the ground and start communities everywhere. So again, go to our page, go to the events and book me page, and then look at the men's ministry there. Go from there. Next, just want to cover the pilgrimage. That's coming up in less than a year, guys. Uh, It's filling up. We get more and more people every week. Father Larry and I are so excited about the number of folks that are going to go with us. We're excited about the trip, about people being able to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I mean, I am, Victor, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with it, right? Like, he keeps telling me, you give talks when we go places and I'll do the masses. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to speak like standing in the presence of where our Lord was, right? I just kind of want to sit there with my mouth wide open and go, wow, Jesus was here, right? Yeah. But uh, anyway, I promise you we'll come up with something. It'll be an entertaining trip. There's a lot of different people going, and it's going to be a great time. So, again, that's May 10th through the 21st of next year in 2023. You can sign up by going to our Book Me page there and look at the pilgrimage spot in the middle as well. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. Finally, I'm just going to share – that we're doing a lot of things to grow in the ministry. We're spending money right now to change our website around. We're going to move it from, hey, I'm John, Catholic speaker and podcaster, to really this overall mission of starting groups. Um, podcast, everything is going to stay the same, but it takes money to, to do that. We've hired uh, a full-time assistant, which has also cost money. Um, as you know, we built the studio. But there's so many other things we want to do. We want to hire people to help us implement what we're doing around the country. Um, we need full-time video folks. There's all kind of stuff we need. And so right now we're asking people to consider giving to the ministry if you haven't yet. Um, you know, you can do that by going to donorbox.org slash pew. It doesn't matter if you give $5 or $500. Of course, we'd always like $500, but we know not everybody has that. So anything you could give, if you've been touched by this ministry at all, right, if, if it's moved you, if it's helped you be a better man, consider just giving to us. And the great thing is, that it is a tax deduction because we are a 501c3. So right now we're really trying to make moves the Lord is putting in front of us and and we're trying to discern what he wants of us. And as we do that, of course, some of those decisions cost money. So we are happy to have any support we can get. So again, you can give by going to donorbox.org slash pew and it is a tax deduction. All right, so we got through all of that, Victor. Excited to have you back in here this week, dude. I just, you know, I, I, the reading this weekend or this past, I guess it was a Saturday or Sunday ago now, the gospel reading was the rich man and Lazarus, right? And it's something that every time I read it, it's just an interesting passage because Jesus is giving you a description of what hell's going to be like. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you just, it's just a, a reminder that the choices we make matter, like how we live our life matters. And you know, if you're not familiar with it, 
Um, you know, it's in Luke uh, chapter 16. It's called the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And Jesus has spent time in, in this part of Luke just kind of going over about the talents. And he's talking about the prodigal son and all these different things in there. And a lot of it goes back to money. And it's because the Pharisees were these people that they had a lot of notoriety. They had respect of people. They were wealthy. They, you know, they just had a lot of they're very Comfort. right, very learned. So therefore, yeah. when everyone listened to them, they assumed that they were correct. Right, right, right. And so Jesus is telling all these parables, saying like, "No, like do what they tell you to do as far as teachings, mm-hmm. but don't live like they live." Right. And so you know, he spends a lot of times calling them hypocrites. And so he tells this parable while they're all around him, and he's basically talking about this rich man that it says in the first couple of verses that uh, that he was dressed in purple garments and fine Which linen. Was, was very expensive clothing back then. Yeah, Di- purple dye was very expensive. That's so, right. It yeah. wasn't just Sign laying around, royalty. right? Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> they had to make it with blue and yellow or whatever that makes yeah. green. Whatever color makes purple. But uh, no, he was wearing fine linens and, and purple garments. It says he dined scrumptiously, right? Or sumptuously. Not scrumptiously, sumptuously. Deacon Jeffter, I've yeah. done yeah. scrumptiously. Yeah. <laughs> but this is sumptuously each day. And so it goes on to say that. So this guy had everything, right? Nice house, had money, you know, was going in, eating whatever he wanted, could afford anything, dressed nice. But here was this man, Lazarus. And just to differentiate here, this isn't Jesus' best friend, Lazarus, mm-hmm. that dies. This is just a man in a parable that he names Lazarus, probably because of his popular best friend. Name, yeah, right, but, yeah. Or a popular name at the yeah. time. But this guy's laying on his, on his doorstep, like literally on this guy's threshold, has nothing, doesn't have fine clothes, isn't eating sumptuously or scrumptiously or whatever. Says he has sores that dogs would come up and lick. And then he was basically laying there hoping that he could even just eat the scraps of the table of this rich man. And this guy passes him every day, right? And then all of a sudden, this, the poor man dies. The rich man dies. The poor man is, is, is carried into the bosom of Abraham, uh, it says. And then the other man isn't. He's in hell. It says there's a great chasm between mm-hmm. the two places so that no one could cross back and forth. And so the rich man you know, looks over and he says, Father Abraham, tell Lazarus to dip his, his finger in the water, put it on my tongue so it can cool my tongue. It's basically, he was tortured over there. And... He says, no, basically, you can't. We're not allowed to go back and forth and all of that. And why? basically, why would he have pity on you? You didn't have pity on him in your life. And so the guy goes on to his next thing to say, well, please send someone to my father's house. I have five brothers so that they can know, you know, that they need to live differently, basically, Mm -hmm. than I did so they don't wind up here. And he says, no, your, 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 your father and your brothers have the prophets and Moses. Right. Right? Like you've already been told. You just chose not to live that way, right? Which was a direct poke at the Pharisees because yeah. they travel, they they studied the law, which is a mosaic law. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, you have the information, but you choose to interpret differently in the way you live your life. Yeah, you're not living it out, and yeah. and it really is. I mean, when Ralph was on here, I was I was talking about that joke, you know, that so many people have heard, where the people are there in the flood. And, uh, you know, police officers are going around once in a car. Hey, get in the car. The water's coming. It's going to wash mm-hmm. away everything. No, God's going to take care of me. And then second time the cop comes by and the sheriff's officer comes by in a boat and they're on the roof of the porch now. And come on, get in. You know, we're not going to be by that much more. Oh, no, God's going to take care of us. And the third time he's on a helicopter mm-hmm. and they're on the chimney with their feet in the water. 
And he says, this is your last chance. Grab the ladder. No one else is coming. And he says, no, God's going to take care of us. And the next thing you know, poof, they're in heaven. And the guy looks at God and says, what? why didn't you save my life? I believed in you. I had faith. And he goes, you dummy, I sent you a, a boat, a car, and a helicopter. Right. right. Like I gave you everything you needed. You just chose not to take it. You chose not to use it. And so that's where we find ourselves in this. And, and you know, in the first reading in Amos, you know, in Amos, I keep saying Amos, like the famous cookies. I must be hungry. Mm. But Amos, it says, you know, woe to those who are complacent in Zion. Woe to those who lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves out upon their couches. And this is what happened with that rich man is he just got so enamored with what mm-hmm. he had that he quit looking at everybody else. And, you know, I, I think as Catholics or as people in general, as Christians in general, when we think about sin a lot or why we would wind up in hell, mm-hmm. we think about things that we intentionally do, right? Like I saw a woman, uh, my heart became lustful out of choice in the moment, but I chose to go and be impure with myself, right? That was a choice I made. That, that didn't happen to me or, or something like that. I chose that. Those are sins of commission, right? They're things that we did that we should not have done, like murder or stealing or any sort of intentional sin. But there's these other types of sins that are called sins of omission. And it's really like they're good things we fail to do that we should be doing. And this is what really happened to that rich man is is he had all these blessings of God, right? He had everything. He had the, the money, the, the food, the, the clothes, all this stuff, couches to lay on, whatever. And there was someone right at his very doorstep mm-hmm. that was there every day. Can I have something? Can I? It doesn't say that the man asked him, but I'm sure he was laying there for a purpose, hoping that the man would help him. Right. And it wasn't the fact that he kicked him, he spit on him, he, he threw him off of his porch, any of that. He let him lay there all the time and just chose to ignore him. Right? He just said, it doesn't matter to me. Like, okay, sorry you're in that situation. I'm not. See you later. And this was a great sin of omission. You know, he... It wasn't that he did anything physically wrong to him. It's just that he didn't care to do anything to help him. Well, that's the thing. The, the word complacency, I think we have to be really like a red flag whenever we feel that that is a word that's in our lives. Yeah. Because really, it's, 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 it's kind of like an action. It's choosing not to do something. Yeah. So being complacent means that, well, someone else will take care of that person. Someone else yep. will take care of that. I don't, you, know, you know what? I think they'll be able to, to kind of fix that car, you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, my roommate probably needs help to go there, but he'll he'll figure a way out. You know, do that stuff. So it's like it's like someone else will take care of what I sure. can do to help. And and that's what he was doing is he was guilt by being complacent and not seeing Lazarus as a fellow brother. Yeah. Um, not giving him personhood, I guess you could say, whatever the word is now, modern days, personhood, and recognizing that this person has value. Yeah. This person is someone that that needs help and assistance and guidance. And a, a good gracious, he was also a brother and the Israelite, you know, Jewish brother, you yeah. know. So, so he's part of your tribe. Dignity, yeah. Right, he's part of your tribe. Why, why not help out, you know? And um, I think kind of also in, in the sense where he was talking about when he was calling to Lazarus and Abraham, he still didn't give recognition to Lazarus. Yeah. He was saying, Abraham, send him to me. Instead of saying, Lazarus, I'm sorry, could you please come and, and help sure. me? you know, where I failed to help you. You're right. And yeah. it, it is, it's, it, and you see it in a lot of things. I mean, you see it in multiple parables or you see it in the good Samaritan, mm-hmm. right? The first two go by and eh, somebody else will take care of it. Like you said. Um, and then the least likely person was the one that took care of it. Right. Um, you know, you look at the, the, the parable of the talents 
and you know the first two take them and they mm-hmm. double them and the other one goes and buries it and you know basically well somebody else will make the money i mean he says i was afraid you'd be mad right. if i lost it but basically it's an excuse that i'm not doing anything right i i'm not going to do anything with what i've been given and and that's what we have to realize in our lives is is that god has blessed us with so many things and i don't care if you have a lot of money or you don't you know most of us have have good health mm-hmm. we we can we can live right we can clothe ourselves things like that obviously there's a lot of people out there that can't but if you're in that situation then god has blessed you with a lot and you don't have to be somebody that's a millionaire to mm-hmm. be able to give back right it's not about stroking a check you have time you have talent you have treasure you have all these gifts that god has given you you have a choice, am I going to use those, right? Angela and I can't always give to everything that we need to give to that we want to. We can't, you know, the church may need a new roof, and we can't go write a check to pay it all off. I wish we could. We would. But what we can do is offer our help in doing a podcast or going on the road and speaking to people or helping men's groups get started. You know, you look at what God's given you, and instead of saying, well, I'm just going to use it to to benefit myself— I'm going to go out there and understand that God gave me these gifts and I'm going to go use them to benefit other people. Whether that means, you know, stop it on the side of the street and, and helping that person or like this rich man should have done is reach down and said, brother, like here's everything I have left over every night to eat, or here's a cup of water or come in and clean yourself up. Any of those things in that moment would have been something good. And that's the thing is that God, Jesus, you know, didn't put this man in the parable going to hell because he necessarily did something like Jesus didn't want to do something radical, like change places with him. He wasn't saying like, you go out there and lay on the ground, let him live in your house. Mm-hmm. You give him your life. Right. He wasn't asking for trading places. You know, the old Eddie Murphy and yeah, uh, Dan, Aykroyd Dan Aykroyd movie. Yeah. It's Dan Aykroyd, right? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So he's not asking for that. All he's saying is like, have compassion, right? Like understand there's something else in this world besides yourself and then go and help that that's that's two, the two the two commandments that God gave us right love the lord your god mm-hmm. and love your neighbor but so often when we get so busy about loving ourselves that we forget to love either one of the two right well the unique thing about Jesus and all his parables is that obviously there's meaning behind it and we we interpret it as best we can and people teach us what that means and another parable that kind of came to me in a sense of like being complacent is like you know the uh, labors in the vineyard where that the the owner hired people on certain hours of the sure, day, yeah. right and so the people that worked the whole day were upset because they didn't get you know the the people that came in but yet what he was more upset about are people just standing and doing nothing yeah he said well what are you doing here well come work for me you know as long as you're doing something if you're laboring for the faith if you're trying to you know, help people and talk about Christ and, and loving Christ and by loving other people, then that's what he's, he wants you to do. But if you just stand aside and not participate, but yet you call yourself a man of faith or a person yeah. of faith, a woman of faith, but yet you don't apply the in the, the sense of working in the field in in the mission of, of this world, then you're really not contributing to anything. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing about sins of, of omission is, is it's, it's really telling in the parable when the guy needs something, then mm-hmm. he calls out and says, Lazarus, have right. la- has Lazarus. So he knew Lazarus' name. It wasn't like he was oblivious to this guy. He even knew his name. Yeah. He just didn't care, right? And, and, and we can say, well, what a jerk, but how many times do we do the same thing in our life where it's just easy to have a cop-out and go, well, what can I do, mm-hmm. right? Well, 
most of the time when we say that, we don't actually sit down and think, what could we do? Right. Right. I have a closet full of clothes I never wear. I could probably go give those to that person. You know, I have uh, cans of soup in my pantry that have been in there for years that we mm-hmm. haven't eaten. I could probably give those to those person. Like, we always are quick to say, well, I just can't. I don't know what we could do. And it really is. It's like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I don't want to be bothered because I'm, I'm busy about my business, right? Instead of being busy about the things the Lord wants us to be busy about. And this is just so many other places. It's what blows my mind when people go, well, it's enough for me just to, to say that Jesus is my Savior. One drop of his blood's enough. He's telling you again and again and again, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go live what I've asked you to live. Like, we don't believe in just that faith is enough. It's faith and works, right? He's going out and putting that faith into action and living the faith. And I just, man, I don't know about you, Victor, or Deacon Jeff, anybody, but I spend a lot of nights when I'm sleeping and pray or about to pray and pray for people. And people I know that are just so far away from the Lord, I'm like, please let them come to understand. Or people that think they're really close to the Lord, but they're not actually living the faith. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, man, so many people are going to wind up like this rich man on the other side of this chasm begging to be let over on the other side. But at that point, it's too late. You know, we get one life to live and we get one chance to live it in the way that Christ calls us to. And this is why it's so important, you know, and, and I've looked at this in my own personal life where I've gone, well, I know Catholic Charities need something. Well, I don't have any money. Well, you bought beer twice last week. You know, you could have given them that 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and I don't mean that you're not supposed to to enjoy your life of what you have, right? I mean, wealth is 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 morally neutral, right? I mean, it's not wealth is not a bad thing. It's just when, you know, it can become a source of evil right. when it's used for greed and allowed to separate which our is, hearts from God is, and our neighbor. Right, which is adverse. When yeah. you have the love of money trumps the love of God and others. Now right? you're getting into right. one of those Desert Father words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that big book you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's the truth. And I think that's where we find, you know, ourselves is it's not about having stuff. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with having stuff. It's just how are you using that stuff? Yeah. Right. I mean, how are we using the things that God has given us to help other people? And again, it's not just about writing checks. There's so many people that that's easy for them to do and that's what they do. And that's fine. Well, it's something easy to do. Like, you know, uh, my wife and I, Christy, we every time we drive around certain parts of Memphis, we see trash all over the place, you know. Yeah. And, and so and that was something we've always wanted to figure out how to help out. Well, Memphis Beautification came out with this competition. There's like, you know, 200 teams and they all like 10 people or so part of the team. And everyone's doing their part around the, the city, uh, city of Memphis to pick up garbage, you know. That's a small thing if you think about it. But really what it is, is people putting it into their community and helping people to, to really see that this is, this is a great place to live, you know. Right. But, but also people coming by and saying, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. You know, one of those things is that appreciation for other people, I think, is what he didn't do either. Yeah. He wasn't very appreciative of kind of maybe what he had. He sure. just was, like you say, just went on and saying, well, I'm expected to have this, so therefore I don't have to give excuses for something, you know, yeah. how I act. And I think we have to be very careful about what we hold on to tight, yeah. you know, in the sense of what, what valuation we give over possessions, you know, is, is something we have to be very careful with. Well, know? and a lot of times, too, we wind up, like, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, I, I ask God how I can serve him all the time, and I don't have opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need, we need to pray to open our eyes because there's opportunities everywhere. Right, they may not be the the picture perfect movie esque things that that you see other people doing, but man, like there's opening the door for somebody. Yeah. Right, a smile, a kind word, a how are you doing? Like being there for friends. Hey, something's bothering you, and I'm going to take the time out of my life to sit here with you because you're important to me. 
right? Like what you have going on now is more important than whatever is going on in my life. I want to give you that honor and that dignity and that time. Those are ways we can serve the Lord too. And and oftentimes we look past those and we're we're looking for just the the easy way. Right? And, and the Lord told us like serving him's not always easy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to just go, "Hey, everything all right? Good. All right. Checked it off. Spoke to somebody today, talked to my neighbor, acted like I cared." No, sometimes we have to actually invest and invest a lot of our time, of our talent, of our treasures in other things outside of ourselves. Because that man could have said the same thing. Well, I don't know how to serve Jesus, or I don't know how to serve God at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, there's literally a guy laying at your doorstep. Like, he's sitting there going, hello, hey, I'm here. Right. And and because he didn't, he was oblivious to that, didn't care, concerned and caught up in his own things, he winds up in a place that nobody wants to wind up. And and I just, I don't think we take this seriously enough in our life, is that we think that just all right, we're going to go to church on Sunday once a month or, or a couple times a month or if I, if I think I'm a really good Catholic every Sunday and then I'm just magically going to be in heaven one day whenever my time comes, Jesus is going to say, good job. Mm-hmm. But no, we're called to so much more of that. And if we don't get that, then we're not actually living our faith the way that we're called to. And again, this is such a danger because I believe there's so many Christians, including myself for a very long time, the thought that that's that's it, like mm-hmm. just show up, check a box, and that's it. But it's not. We're called to so much more, and and I just I, I try to remind myself, and I'm not always good about it. But to look back, and this is why an examine is so important in our lives, right? Our daily examine is to look back and say, how did I live my day? Mm-hmm. So many people will go to adoration, they'll go to confession, they'll go to mass, so they'll be daily communicants, all of those things. But nine times out of ten, when you ask somebody, the two things they don't do. The most is commu- is is confession one and two is is an examine, examination which is basically the almost it, which should lead you to confession right, right? right is what did my day look like and if we're not doing that then we're not ever we're kind of putting goggles on you know and our, our blinders like a horse and just seeing what we want in front of us instead of the other opportunities that God wanted us to live our life or or how we affect other people in our choices and right decisions, right yeah. that's exactly right so and how many lives we could have made different and we underestimate how much influence we can have on people around us, mm-hmm. right? Just, I mean, I can't tell you, and it's such a blessing. We'll get emails and letters. I mean, I told you today, I went to the PO box. I hadn't been there in forever. And there's a check from somebody at a conference that felt led to really give a, a, a an amount of money and saying, you, you really touched me that day, right? That witness meant a lot in my life. And you don't have to be on a stage to do that. It could be simply stopping at a corner it doesn't mean you got to give somebody money that's there as a homeless person, but just how are you? What do you mm-hmm. need? How can I help you? I don't have a lot of this, but how can I help you figure out how to get out of the situation? You know, there's just so many opportunities. Taking time for, for people you know that are struggling, all of those things. Mm-hmm. We see this stuff, and oftentimes we go, I don't have time for that, right? Like, I'll, I'll talk to them next week. Well, who knows? Maybe it's like this, this, this Lazarus who next week isn't there because he died, mm-hmm. right? I'll get to him next week. I'll give him str- scraps tomorrow. And the opportunity passes, and then we pass. And the Lord's standing there going, I'm sorry, but you simply didn't live the way I asked you to live. This book is not full of sunshine and rainbows. It's a love story, but in any love story, there's tons of pain. There's tons of suffering. There's tons of things that have to be a a, a fire, right? A reckoning, Mm -hmm. a forging that we have to go through. And, And the point of our Christian faith is to continue to go back to these things and to say, you know what? If I think I'm here, if I think I've landed, if I think I've made it, I really need to go back and look at my life because I probably haven't. 
because I can look back today and it's not even six o'clock in the afternoon and look at probably multiple opportunities. I had a, a better opportunity to treat someone better than I did. Right. Or to be a blessing in someone's life when I chose not to be. Well, and kind of what you're saying is like everyone kind of create a list of things you've always wanted to do. That right. you just didn't know you had a time or whatever, and call and fi- figure it out if they need volunteers. You don't have to be there every day, right? You know, like if you're a retired teacher, you know, um, and there's some kid needs help at a tutoring clinic, you know, to read. I mean, that's a ministry as well. Yeah, you know, the many things you can do to help other people. There is know. all the time, right. and it, it's just like you said. I mean, how we live our life matters. The choices we make matter, and so, you know, for those of you out there that may be struggling with this, that may be going, you know, hey. Well, okay, great. Well, how do I start living differently? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I would say, first of all, like if you're a Christian, don't claim ignorance, <laughs> right? We know what Jesus taught and what he asked of each and every one of us. He wants humility. He wants compassion. He wants self-sacrifice. You know, he talks about the last shall be first. The first shall be last. This isn't words for people who no longer live, right? This isn't for the people that walked around with him and had the grace to be in his presence. It's written down. The Lord through divine revelation gave this to people to share. That's why in the John chapter 17, the priestly prayer, he says, I not only pray for you, but the people that will come to know me through your word, right? He was praying for all of us. So this book is written for all of us today and not just back then. So we have to start realizing, like, I can't just say, well, I thought that was for other people. No, it's for you, and you have to live your life that way, or you're going to wind up someplace you don't want to wind up. Hell, eternal separation from God, begging for a drop of water from people, and wishing you live your life de- differently. Ask yourself if you're really loving others first. It's so easy to go, man, I'm a great dad, or I'm a great mm-hmm. mom, or a great employee, or employer, or all this stuff, but are you really? Like, sit down and, and challenge yourself. Are these beliefs I have about myself true? A lot of times we're always talking about don't believe the negative stuff. Well, sometimes the positive stuff needs to be put in check too and go, am I really am I really the guy that I claim to be? Am I am I the loving dad? Or am I the dad that's saying, Y'all come spend time with me while I watch what I want and do what I want? And I follow yeah, that and, all the time. Don't don't talk when the show's on. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm that guy a lot. You can ask my kids, yeah. they tell you the truth. But also are you allowing the things of the world to come before the things of God, mm-hmm. right? Is my, my promotion, my house, my car, my work, my money, my whatever it is in your life, my, my it, whatever that it is, are you allowing that to come between you and God? Because if you are, then you're, you're going to wind up at the same place because nothing can come before him. He has to be the number one priority in our life. Well, and joy will elude you most of your yes. life. If, yeah. That's the point. Like right. uh, we, we look for happiness and all these other things right. that are never going to make us happy. The only thing that truly makes us happy is self-sacrifice, which doesn't make sense to most people, which is why they don't do it. Mm-hmm. But it's that, that, that joy is found in that. That's a great point, Victor. Also, pray for your eyes to be open to the many opportunities God puts in front of you each day and ask for those. Like we ask for everything else. Lord, I need help paying this bill. Lord, I need help. You know, help me get a new car. Lord, I need help with this promotion. Ask him to help you see the things that he needs help with, right? Open my eyes to the many opportunities each day that you put in front of me that I just have gotten so numb to Mm -hmm. that I pass by. That guy doesn't look homeless. He's got brand new Nikes on. You know, whatever that I've numbed myself to, pray for that those those scales to be removed from your eyes. And and Lord, give me these opportunities. Show them to me and allow me to follow them, you know, and and to capitalize on them and and to take my time to go and be a part of them. The last thing I would say is remember Luke 12, 48. And it says, to whom much is given, much will be required. Right? This is something that all of us should take to heart. If we've been blessed in any kind of way, and we can bless others with things we have or our time or our knowledge or our love or our, our gifts, whatever it is, then we've got to do it because our choices matter. How we live our life matters. 
We've been given time. We've been given talent. We've been given some amount of treasure, whatever that is. How we choose to use it is what's going to matter in the end, Victor. So, guys, take that to heart. Look at it. Sit down and examine your life. Don't just listen to this podcast and go, man, that was great. Actually do what we're talking about. And I promise you we're going to do the same thing and look how we can be better. But, Victor, let's take this all to prayer, all right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, everything that you have given us is a gift that's supposed to be used to bring others to you. If we aren't careful, though, we can easily use those gifts for ourselves and lose sight of the needs of others. Help us each day to open our eyes to situations around us and the needs of our neighbor. And Father, let us never forget that the choices we make, not only today, matter not only today, but for the rest of eternity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.